Welcome back to the Teach for the Heart podcast, where we tackle teaching challenges from a biblical perspective. Why are we here? Because we don't believe that our spiritual walk and teaching profession should exist in two separate domains. Rather, the hope we have in Christ should change how we approach everything, not just at home, but at school as well. So join us as we explore both the spiritual and practical sides of key teaching challenges, integrating them together so we can succeed at teaching, glorify God, and make a lasting difference in our students' hearts and lives. Well, we do welcome you back to this brand new mini-series. It's only going to be two episodes long, but I hope will be really valuable to you about banishing discouragement and so that you can love teaching again. And we're talking and we're tackling this topic because for a couple reasons. I don't have to tell you that February is a challenging month for teachers, but for many of you, the frustration and discouragement might even go beyond that. You might seriously be questioning if you should keep being a, a teacher or if you should look for another career. Or you might even say, Linda, I can't even think about next year. I'm not even sure I'm going to make it to May. So whether you're dealing with minor discouragement or some major questions, we pray that this series will be a help and an encouragement to you. And today we're going to tackle it specifically, what do we do when we feel discouraged? Well, as I was putting together this episode for you and I had a bunch of thoughts, I my thoughts kept turning, though, to an amazing conversation that we had as part of this past year's Rise Up Summit with David Platt, pastor and author. And I just knew I had to share this with you. His encouragement and advice is exactly what you need to hear if you've been frustrated or discouraged about teaching lately, or if you just need that shot in the arm, that encouragement to get you through this really difficult phase of the year. Before I play that for you, though, two things. Number one, Unfortunately, David Platt's audio quality in this interview is not fantastic, and I'm, I want to apologize up front for that. You might have to really focus to hear him, but I am sharing it despite that because what he says is so worth the little bit of extra effort you're going to need to put in to listen closely to hear what he has to say because it really is just such an incredible encouragement. Number two, uh, before we get into it, I also want to let you know that in addition to this mini-series on the podcast, we are also hosting a free five-day challenge to with some really simple and quick practical steps to help teachers like you stop feeling discouraged, to trust our faithful God, and to rekindle your love of teaching. It's called the Love Teaching Again Challenge, and it actually starts this week. Um, so sign up and join us at teachfortheheart.com slash love. That's teachfortheheart.com slash love. All right, we're going to play some portions of this interview now where we talk specifically about what to do when we feel discouraged and we're not sure um, that we can keep going on. I think you'll find this a big blessing. You know, right now teaching is, I think teaching's always had been a, a unique profession. It's come with unique challenges, but especially lately, it's it's hard out there. <laughs> there are so many teachers that if they're being honest, they're like, I, I don't know. We're hearing from more and more teachers like, I don't know if I can keep doing this. What would you say to teachers that feel like, like I'm at my limits? <laughs> I don't know if I can keep doing this. Um, 
One, well, there's, I, I don't presume to know what it's like to be in your shoes. The last thing I want to do is like, as a pastor, well, here's a simple answer for that. I, I don't think there's a simple answer for that. That's one thought. Two, if you feel at your limits, um, well, you, you were at your limit when you signed up for teaching. Um, like you, you, you can't do this apart from his help, his grace, his like, and in that sense, some of the challenges maybe you're walking through right now, we're walking through in a culture are, are good eye openers to, I never could do this in my own strength before. I definitely can't do it now, but I never could in the first place. Um, so I'm at the end of myself. I, I don't have the resource. I don't, how do I wisely do this? I don't have the strength. I don't have joy. But then that's like, okay, I'm going to press into you for these things, God, and for, for wisdom and for strength and for joy to, as long as you call me to this, to, to, to do this well to your glory. So help me, help me, help me. That's a good place to be. It's not a comfortable place to be, but it's where we're intended to live. I can't do this without you. I'm desperate for your help. We need to live there. Um, and so, so, and to know, so that's where the encouragement comes in. That to the extent of which God has called you to be there, God has promised to give you what you need to carry that out. So you're not alone. You're not alone in that in that classroom. Yeah. So no matter what the law says, like the Holy Spirit of God is in you, you you are not alone. He's with you. He's for you. He's there to help you. He's called you to be there to carry this all the things that we're talking about out uh, for His glory and for others' good. And so. Uh, so, yeah, don't underestimate that for a second. The fact that he's with you and for you in that as he's called you to it. Um, and then along the way, that's why I'm so thankful to even be a part of this, to be in relationship with other educators who are wrestling through the same thing, who remind you you're not alone. Like, you know, we're all wrestling through this. We're all wondering if we can do this. I'm, I need that as a pastor. I need other pastors who are walking through you know, in the trenches and different churches. And like, and this is hard. And, and looking at me like, keep going. And I'm looking at them like, keep going. It's good to be in a relationship with other educators. Like, keep going, keep going. We got to, uh, and, and to help each other know how to do that along the way. And, uh, and then to, to trust. Like, I, I think about the example of the, uh, my friends in the Muslim country. Like, yeah, this is, it's never going to be easy in this world. And it's just going to get harder and harder. Uh, I don't think. If we are reading the Bible, we should be under any illusion that it's ever going to be. Like you think about people who are in so many different professions in the first century. Like that's, I think that's many of the New Testament letters are written to people like keep going on, keep persevering. Uh, it's, it's just hard. There's temptations to compromise. There's temptations to give in here and there. Don't do it. Like keep following Jesus and wisely. Uh, yeah, living out the gospel and your day-to-day life and this occupation or that occupation. Like this is, this is what we've done throughout centuries. So let's, let's do it in that time and place. Let's put us in, um, obviously along the way, not compromising. Um, you talk sometimes about the American dream and how, um, sometimes that can get our focus off of what really matters? What, what what do you see happening there, and how can we kind of get our focus where it should be? That's good. I think. Uh, oh, this, just to make the connection. Yeah, God's not called us to be comfortable. He's not called us to ease. He's not called us to uh, prosperity in the eyes of the world. He's not called us to uh, even success in the eyes of the world. Like He's called us to faithfulness. 
And so what is faithfulness looks like? It faithfulness is going to look like walking into hard things, doing really hard things. Faithfulness is going to look like, uh, yeah, receiving criticism. Sometimes faithfulness is going to look like, um, uh, not being comfortable. Uh, faithfulness is going to look like, uh, persevering even when the challenges keep coming over and over and over again. So that's, that's the question I'm always asking in my own life, like not God, how can I be successful? Even as the church world for me as a pastor, like, no, how can I be liked? How can I be comfortable? How can I be faithful? And so what is to keep pressing in God? I just want to be faithful to you today. Um, so what does faithfulness look like? I know in your word, it means this things, Help me to carry that out by your spirit in these ways. Um, and to, so, and to realize we signed up for this when we signed up to follow Jesus. Like it's, it, it, he never promised it. He, he promised it'd be harder. I, I'll tell you a quick story. I won't go into the details. I think this group will appreciate this because I think about my kids. We recently had a, a bout with, uh, um, uh, uh, like food poisoning. And it was, it was torrential night. Like it was an epic night for me as a dad. Like it just, it was like a snowball effect and one kid after the other. And I, I don't even know why I'm telling this, but I, I, I know why, but I get to a point where uh, one kid, I mean, just kids are throwing up everywhere. And uh, the, the bathroom was like, it was like a war zone. This one kid, I don't know how this had happened. It was unlike anything I've seen in uh, close to 20 years of parenting. So I'm, and our Swifter thing, one more, so I'm on the floor, uh, just with uh, Clorox wipes, trying to clean this up. And it, I just start laughing. My wife and I, for years, had prayed for kids. We didn't know if we were able to have kids. And I, I'm laughing. I'm like, I signed up for this. I totally signed up for this. But that's it. Like, this is, it's a, it's a mess. But we signed up for this. And we started following Jesus in a world that's actually, it, it's going against the word of God. And it's not just our culture now. It's been this way for it's what we're all prone to do. And so we sign up for this. And But the good news is he He will give us, promise to give us everything we need in the middle of it. Um, but uh, uh, in a sense, lower our expectations for this world uh, and raise our expectations of what God will provide for us. And sorry for that story aside. Oh, no, I loved it. It's this, <laughs> I think everyone can relate to a sense and like, yeah that this is, this is what God has called us to. And I think making that recognition, if you haven't, I would say to you teachers, if you haven't spent time thinking about that, I think that's it's something we have to remind ourselves of, but that switch from, it should be easy. I, you know, it should be smooth to no, like this is not like that realization can be really helpful. And then we have to figure it out, but yeah. Yeah. So and that's, that's part of why we're doing the summit. And the theme here is rise up with hope. And one thing I've noticed is that our world talks a lot about hope. But it's often like just hoping, I don't know, hoping ourselves, just hope that things will somehow get better. And as we've been talking about this whole thing, as Christians, we have such a firm anchor for our hope, <laughs> uh, no matter what. Uh, but what would you say to those that are say like wondering, okay, I know that, but I'm not, I'm not feeling that. I, I don't know how to grasp that hope. Like, what would you say that any advice on like what that looks like to actually trust God day to day and and then live live in that hope? So good. I think it is really, uh, it's helpful. And I, in a sense to do this every morning, uh, in time with the Lord or whenever you spend some time, like to, to evaluate your heart and where are you placing your hope? Are you placing your hope in 
uh, different laws and uh, different policies? Are you placing are you play like those things are going to change and they're outside of our control in some ways. I mean, I we contribute to some of those things and some of us have more influence on those things than others. But, um, but where, where is to your point, like where's the bedrock foundation of my hope? My hope today is in Jesus and who, who he has made me to be, who he is. Uh, I'm a, I'm a child of God. I have, uh, eternal joy that supersedes circumstances. I have strength in the middle of weakness and I may ask for thorns to be taken away. And God may say, your hope is not being in that thorn taken away. Your hope is my strength will be made perfect in your weakness. I, my grace will prove sufficient for me, for you. And so I'm, I'm trusting that's the case today. I need that today and to live in that every day. Um, and, and in that way to be reminded, like it's good. It's not easy. We wouldn't choose it, but it's good when things in this world leave us empty or challenged in ways that drive us to the fullness that is there in Christ alone, that uh, joy that's found in Christ alone. And this is suffering. I think about Philippians chapter one, it's been granted to you to suffer. And what, what kind of language is that? <laughs> like it's been granted to you. It's a gift. Here, come to Jesus and get a gift, suffering. But why? how is that possible? Well, it's if he's actually better than all the best things of this world put together. If he's better than comfort, he's better than security in this world, he's better than ease, he's better, he's better than all of it. And so to, to let these days even and the challenges drive you to deeper dependence on Jesus, trust in Jesus, joy in Jesus. And that's a battle. That's a battle when you just want to uh, kind of throw in the towel or... or yeah, it's it's a battle, but it's 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 true. He is better. I I'm, I'll just I'll put it this way. Um, as a pastor, these last couple of years have been pretty challenging in our culture and pastoring in Metro DC. It's been a challenge, and uh, uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of challenging days. But I, I told my wife on our date night the other night, I said, I can honestly say by God's grace, that I know God more. I love God more and I'm trusting God more now than I did two years ago. And so I looked at her, I said, so I guess if he's the goal, then these have been great days. And that's the good news. He is the goal. He's the goal. And uh, so, and that enables you to rejoice in the challenges because our hope is not in those all going away. I mean, because our hope is so much deeper and so much better than that. Yeah. Amen. If you don't mind, I'd like to ask one final question, kind of just a pastor's advice in this way. Um, there's, there's a lot of teachers right now, I'm sure that are listening to this and this is, I, I pray such an encouragement. I know it's encouragement to me, but they're honestly questioning if God would have them stay in teaching beyond this year. Um, and I mean, we've talked here, <laughs> Difficulties do not mean we're supposed to move. Like God calls us to difficulties, but sometimes God is moving us, you know? So do you have any advice for those that really aren't sure, you know, should I stay? Should I move? How they can find and follow God's desires and not just kind of be led by their own? Yeah. Yes. I, so I'm, I'm going to give encouragement three words that I use continually in my own life when I'm thinking about decisions like that. 
um, and really in life in general, but I, I think apply well here. So the three words are, are one, surrender. Like, uh, like God, I, I'm willing to do whatever. If you want me to stay in this job, in this role, for however many more years, I, I will do it. I want to do whatever. If you want me to do something else, I want to do that. If you want me to step into a different role, if you want me to step aside from teaching, I'll, I'll do whatever. Like, uh, die to yourself, I'll do whatever. Um, and so that's surrender. I trust in you. Um, I will, I will do it. And even, even that can be hard sometimes, but that's where I would just encourage, like, you can trust Jesus to save you for the next, satisfy you for the next 10 trillion years. You, you can trust him for the next year of school. Like you can trust him. So surrender. And then second word is abide. So then just press into him, especially when you're making those decisions. I uh, like to press in him all the more in prayer and words, meditating on the word. Obviously you're, you're probably not going to come to a verse that's going to be like, stay at the school, go do this. But the more you're familiar with the voice of God, the more you're going to be in tune with the spirit as he's leading you. So to make these days of abiding like never before praying, fasting, seeking him, doing it together. And my dad used to always say, when you don't know what to do, do what you know to do. Like do the things you know to do, obeying him, walking in holiness and purity and loving people, leading to the extent which you have opportunities pointing people to Jesus, um, like these things uh, that we know to do. And I would add, like all, being in a church where you've got good counsel around you, where you're thinking through this with others, like all these things God tells us to do, seek good counsel with others. Uh, and so as you're making that decision, just to be abiding in all these ways. So surrender, abide. And then I'm just convinced if I'm surrendered to God, like I'm really saying, I'll do whatever. I'm abiding in him. The third word is rest. Like, I really think I can rest. That he's not going to let me make the wrong decision. He's going to make it clear what I need to do. His spirit's going to lead me. And God, he wants his will to be accomplished in my life more than I do. Like, he doesn't want to hide what is good for me from me. It's not a father like that. He loves me. He So I can rest in him as I'm surrendered to him and abiding in him. So I would just encourage for those who are I mean, in a sense, all of, all of us, but especially when we're walking through those decision-making times um, and wondering, do I need to make a change? To make sure those three things are happening, that we're surrendering to him, abiding him, and resting, not being anxious, not worrying, but really resting, that he's going to lead, he's going to guide. And I know we all wish that he would like just give us a vision, like a dream at night, like, do this or don't do that. He doesn't normally do that. Um, I'm it's not certainly not out of the realm of possibility biblically or practically, but, but he doesn't instead, usually he designs a whole process where we're doing that and seeking him all the more. I think about when you're making decisions like that, you're just pressing in all the more he's designed a process where in the end he will give you clarity and you'll know him more then than you do now. Like I think about it months that I've spent trying to discern what to do. Just like God, please show me. I'm praying that all day long at the end of those months. I know God more. I love God more than I did at the beginning. And I realize again, he's the goal, not even the answer for what to do. Um, so I hope that's encouraging and helpful just in that discernment process. Oh, definitely. Thank you so much. Um, any final just admonitions or encouragements as we wrap up? I, I just would say, uh, I am so thankful for you. I mean this genuinely. Um, I I was picturing like if I was pastoring you, but I just, obviously I'm not your pastor, but I, I do want to speak as the overflow of just God speaking into your heart right now. Uh, 
Like, I, I trust that God has put you where you are right now for purpose, purposes that you don't even see far beyond. And you may see a lot of it, but you don't see all of it. And he has you there. He is sovereign over all things. He's wiser than you are. He's doing things that you don't even know. And I would even say, especially if you're walking through hard times, like John 13, uh, when, when Jesus looks at Peter and says, you don't understand now, but one day you'll understand that there are things he's doing in you and through you right now that you don't see, but one day, maybe you haven't, but you'll, you'll see. And uh, so to, to rest and, and where you are right now and who he's made you to be, what he's called you to do, and his commitment to help you be faithful. And I would just speak, maybe... What comes to my mind right now is Isaiah 43 over you. <laughs> Amidst all the challenges, fear not. I have redeemed you. I've called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. Because you are precious and honored in my sight. And I love you. I would just... Those words. I, I hope you hear God saying those things to you in Jesus. And then you keep going. Isaiah 43 says, I've created you for my glory, and I will lead you for my glory and your good. And so I'm thankful for educators following Jesus in all kinds of different ways and, uh, and trusting him to provide along the way. We need you on the front lines of where you're at. And I praise God for you, and I hope you hear those words of encouragement from him to you, even in this moment. Amen. Well, I hope you guys found this interview as helpful as I did. I know I came away with so many takeaways and so much to think about. And that actually leads into our discussion question for this episode, which is, which truth did you find most helpful in battling discouragement? So you can hop over to our Facebook group at teachfortheheart.com slash Facebook or to the blog post for this um, series at teachfortheheart.com slash discouragement, teachfortheheart.com slash discouragement, and answer that question there. Before we go, though, I want to take a few minutes, as we typically do, and lead us in prayer and give you a few minutes to talk to God about some of the things that we've been thinking about today. Father, we thank you that you are always with us and that we can trust and depend on you and your faithfulness. Teacher, take a few minutes to talk to God, to recognize that he is with you, to confess if you haven't been living in that truth, and to thank him that he is with you um, in everything that you're facing right now. to God for a few moments about this idea of comfort. Is that something that's been too much on your heart? Is our hope been found in Jesus and God or in things being easy? Talk to God about that. Confess if you need to and ask for his help and for him to change your heart in this area if needed.
Is there something that you need to surrender to God? Take a few moments and talk to Him about that. David encouraged us to abide in Christ. Take a few minutes and simply listen to how the Spirit may be leading you. Father, we thank you that you are with us. Thank you that we can rest in you to know that when we cast our burdens on you and ask you to guide that those are um, those are prayers you always answer. We thank you and we ask for each teacher right now that you will encourage their hearts, strengthen them in you. May we all keep our eyes firmly fixed on you day to day. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you again for joining us for this podcast episode. And I want to invite you once again to the free five-day Love Teaching Again Challenge, where we're going to be helping you to stop, feel discouraged, trust our faithful God, and to rekindle your love of teaching. You can get all the details, join for free. Um, it'll be quick and simple action steps at teachfortheheart.com slash love. We also hope you'll join us again next week for the final episode of this mini-series. This week, we talked about pressing into Christ, teaching in his strength, knowing you're not alone and that he's with you and has called you to this. If we really get a hold of these truths, it provides resilience. It gives us the ability to keep going and to even have joy despite things being hard. But there is another side of the coin, and that is to consider what challenges we can solve and what changes we can make that will help. I think of the serenity prayer, right? We need serenity to accept what we can't change, but courage to change what we can and wisdom to know the difference. So we're going to consider that other side of the coin, that practical side of looking at changes that we can make that will help improve the situation next week. So I hope you'll come back and join us there. Um, As always, we have a blog post that goes along with this. So if you find this series helpful, we hope that you'll share it with a friend. You can find also the notes and links at teachfortheheart.com slash discouragement. That's teachfortheheart.com slash discouragement. Well, thank you. I look forward to being with you again next week. Teacher, remember, God is at work in you and through you. He's using you to make a difference. Keep your eyes on Him and teach for the heart.